Hello and welcome to another edition of ReCW, where we're looking at ECW from episode 1 all the way to episode 401, from Eastern to Extreme. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, we're back again, everyone. We are back again. Uh, ReCW, looking at week 26 and 27. Getting all extremely Eastern in the knee. And yeah, it's exciting. Um, got me, Paul. You got Jay. You got Griff. Did you expect anything else? How are we doing, guys? Extremely good, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're Easternly <laughs> pleased. Oh, God. <laughs> I am this week. Wow. <laughs> it's, um, it's getting exciting, isn't it? It's getting good and you know what if only Sal was around to see it but um get well Sal get well 30 years later get well buddy tell me he sent me a postcard saying thanks for your um, voicemail did you read it in his voice that's quite nice yeah I I thought it was I I got something as well I thought it was from him but it was hard to tell because where he can't see and he's 90% chance of going blind most of it wasn't on the postcard. It was kind of like as if he'd started writing, but he's got no depth of perception anymore. Just went off on the side of the page. It was, it was, it was sad. It was really sad. He was just heartbroken because neither Italy or America are in the World Cup. He didn't know who to support. Right. He is. He is Belgium as well. In uh, oh, real life. There you go. Bel- Belgian Italian. Oh, what do you mean, real life? I mean, this is the real when, life. when you reach out to the family of Sal Balomo to see if they need any support in their time of hardship, you get to learn about them in real life, away from the wrestling. Oh, ring. so some of his and, family trees, because obviously not him yeah. personally, because he's well, he's he's got family that he's a gladiator. Um, yeah, but but that's because he he's he's far more <laughs> close to his his father's side of the family than his mother's side of the family. Ah, information overload. Um, I'm trying to think. I was going to say something. It might have been witty and cool, but I've forgotten, so we've got to move on. Yeah, that was it. Um, what upset you more, Sal getting attacked or Hulk Hogan in the barbershop when the earthquake took him out? Uh, now, you see, Sal. if you'd gone for earthquake squishing Damien, oh. then I would have gone with earthquake. Because poor Jake's face, I mean, he had to look in the bag. He had to open it. Gah! He sort of gave one of them, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And just cried when he was tied up in the ropes. Um, yeah, no, if he'd gone for that, uh, I would have gone with Earthquake. But um, so. as much as I, 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 I thought, even with the Earthquake, I, I felt that Hulkamania would come back. Sal, you know, he's. I don't know if he's taken as many vitamins. As many prayers. Yeah. Speaking of prayers, this is what we've been praying for. Stop it. Speaking of prayers, this is what we've been praying for. Week 26 is here. Start off with new edgy music. And you know what else it started off with? Bulldog. No. No. A match. A very welcomed, rather than someone sitting in a studio. Yeah, kind of chatting for twenty minutes, um, just straight into a match. Straight into a match with the public enemy. Who remembers them from the whole of last show? I do. Um, I do. I, I think I think they had a couple of like um, scenes in the last show. And what excited me was their opponents. One I didn't know their name. I think the other one was called Silverjet. 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 Gino Caruso. See, I didn't make a note of the other person, but Silver Jet stood out as Silver Jet should. Yeah, he had a mask. <laughs> and combat trousers. So you know there was kind of like some sort of military he kind had of the link look. to it. He was like, he got the the invite and he's about 10 weeks too late. He just forgot. The, the Silver Jet Super Ninja feud that we always wanted may never happen. It's true. I just feel like, on a separate thing, Public Enemy... They just their outfits just remind me of men on a mission. No, 
before he became King Mabel. No, the colours of like purple and they must have influenced like Mabel and oh, I can't remember the other one's name. Mo. Is it Mabel and Mo? What is Mo and Mabel? And who was the rapper? Who was the their manager? Oh, uh, oh, that's a question. Mo, Mabel, and um, I can't remember. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Of course he was. Because that was M O M. Yes, Oscar. Oh, we're men on a mission, and we're coming on a mission. The mission is that we're men. Huh. Hey, oh, ah, <laughs> oh, Quebecers, eh? And um, yeah, I mean, this is a fun match. Pretty straightforward, and. I think it's important to note that we have a new finisher here. The front flip. We actually yeah. had finishes. We had a finisher. It was the front flip, and it was um, pretty good. It was quite scary to watch. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that Flyboy, Rock, Flyboy Rocco Rock is using it and no one else on the roster, because, you know, I don't know if anyone else would be able to do the front flip. Cool. Um, but... Um, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was quite good to see and quite good to watch. It was a bit scary. Um, because it didn't look as if he was going to get a full rotation and it looked like he was just going to like smack him with the back of his head on his way down, which was a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, my, my thing is, obviously, my only experience with Public Enemy was their um, well-remembered, for the wrong reasons, run in WWE, WWE, where they literally would turn up, acolytes would just kick the shit out of them on Sunday Night Heat or Raw. I never said literally not not worked but actually kicked the shit out of them yeah yeah they they were a tad stiff and that's my only real sort of experience with them so seeing them here and where everyone was just like oh they're amazing ecw and seeing that i'm, I'm quite excited to see where it goes obviously i want to get to sort of more events where i see them against some decent competition but um yeah it's good to see them well, out about although you know next week um uh, the uh, sign in the crowd, Beavers and Butthead strike again, but this time we had NWA, which stands for No Wusses Allowed. I like that. <laughs> what else I liked, which really stood out in the match, was the commentary. Yeah. The commentary was so much better, and you know what? It made the match so much better. I mean, um... I, I just, this whole show, well, these next two shows, <laughs> commentary apart from one match in the two shows which we'll come to later but um there was, so I've, I've got a complaint about the commentary later as well uh, probably the same as me hopefully we'll find out Ooh, um cool. but yeah no it was it's uh, heavens and uh, above just so much better than than what we've had up until now um i think uh you know, Joey Star. Well, I mean, we know how how brilliant Joey Styles becomes at this, um, carrying shows and pay per views on his own without a color guy. Uh, but the the difference and him kind of coming into his own over the last couple of weeks was uh, pretty impressive, I thought. And next week we get to see the Public Enemy's uh, future opponents that they've been building the match to. Bad Company are coming to town. They are, and what. A- we're tag team, but we'll get to them, I guess. Indeed. Um, yeah, like I said Heyman and Styles, um, really refreshing on this show so far. Just seeing them both, you just it's just a breath of fresh air from where they've been. But the most exciting thing so far we might have had in all of our shows is up next is Sabu. He's here. And Taz. Yeah, he's, he's a Tasmaniac. The yeah. Tasmaniac. <laughs> I mean, I'm a massive, 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 massive Taz fan. Yep. So, but obviously, we're not on Taz, Taz yet. This is the Tasmaniac. Still brutal yep. match, but it's not. The old beat me this, if I can survive if I let you, Taz. But there were some there were some signs there. So oh, you right. know there was a couple of Taz plexes in there that just looked as amazing as I remember. Um, and this match was bananas. It was it was a proper ECW match. It was. So let's let's start with um, Sabu's entrance. I mean, this was very legendary from his early days, where he was wheeled out with the Silence of the Lamb mask on and basically let loose to just fight. Yeah. So and that's what he did. He basically just went straight after the Tasmaniac, and I I can't even. 
It's worth. So for some reason, the Tasmaniac hat was having an issue with Hunter Q. Robbins III. Yeah. We're not quite sure what that issue was, but there was an issue that, that Hunter Q. Robbins was not pleased about and Tasmaniac was, was angry about and therefore trying to get his hands on Hunter Q. Yeah. Um, Hunter Q. did a good job of explaining that there was an issue and that, you know, if he didn't be careful, then he'd have no choice but to release Sabu. Um, he did this without the accent that he was using last week. That that very posh or bordering on, on British accent has now disappeared again. Yeah. Um, which was weird. But uh, then the chains were released and the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal Sabu lived up to every single part of that billing. It was just insane, weren't it? He was just crazy. I just think the people who went there in the audience... Yeah, the people in the audience must have just sat there and thought, what the fuck is going on? Because I think the only thing that was stopping them dying was a piece of string. (laughs) I'm not sure what match I noticed it in, but there's one match where... I think the only thing holding the crowd back is a piece of string. So that's... um, Yeah, but he's here. It's massive. Um, It's a wild match. I recommend people go back to episode 26 on the WWE Network and give it a watch because it's just crazy. It's not Sabu's... It's not Sabu's... There was a chair in the house that was unused. Yeah, it was just... Like I said, if you were there, you just probably thought, wow. I imagine this must have ended one of the shows in like real time because... To set up after this again, you, I don't think anyone knows where that's uh, Yeah, I, I think it was just messy afterwards. Um, I think the thing that struck me, um, we've talked all the way through about, you know, watching these with hindsight and what that's going to be. So here we are in, in 1993 watching Sabu's first televised match in the United States, as far as I'm aware. His first big break in the United States scene. Um, already been doing this style in Japan, as we know. Um, here he is. He's introduced. He must, I mean, I know he's still active. He's still very much a name. I'm, I I doubt his, his bookings have ever really slowed down. He's done ECW, he did WWE, he do, did WWE, ECW, and then, you know, I'm sure he's still got his choice of independence, which means theoretically he must have done this style of match 100, 150 times a year on slow years. For the last yeah. 25 years. Yeah. Watching that. To watch. <laughs> watching that and thinking, this is him on a, whatever it was, Tuesday night, six o'clock, whatever they said the time slot was. Um, he's gone on to do that for the rest of his career, which has spread another 25 years. That's his, you know, and twice on weekends style. And it's just stunning that he's still around. He's um, not dead. He's um, <laughs> or like broken his back. I mean, he's not really given. I suppose he's given credit in a way, but he's not given the full credit. Um, I remember he wasn't for... really. Um, he's WWE. Um, never was wasn't very successful. I just definitely know what to do with him. him. No, because it's just it's just oh, well that and, and guy. Being, caught in the car with drug paraphernalia got him into lots of troubles at points where he was about to get kind of the rocket strapped to him that was a thing but that very mysterio he fought in that um one night stand yeah that was an insane match while it it lasted yeah double counter yeah wasn't (laughs) didn't it It ended messy i remember it's a ddt to the outside that just kind of went crazy and i think ray got carried off but, um, yeah, no, I, I think the problem WWE had with Sabu is similar to what they have with sort of Nakamura now. They they can't just accept that someone can just turn up, have great matches without cutting a 40-minute promo and stuff like that. That's always been the thing with WWE. If you can't cut the promo... Yeah, and you just don't need... about your wrestling skills. Yeah, and you, you just don't need to be like that. But the funny thing is they, they have cracked this with with someone they've realized that there's absolute money in them as long as they don't talk Titus worldwide right <laughs> um, Apollo Crews so Apollo Crews. 
So if you know that's how you get Brock Lesnar over this this ridiculous beast and you can let him just be this force of nature that runs through people and just have someone good on the mic to 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 talk. And and Paul Heyman tells the story, I think it's on the Edge and Christian uh no, it was the Talk is Jericho podcast. Um uh tells the story of um Brock Lesnar, when he went back to WWE, cut a promo with John Laurinaitis, um, was so rubbish with it and flustered with it and did his little hyena yell thing in the match, uh, walked back all the way up the ramp and through the curtain with the mic still in his hand because he'd forgotten to drop it and give it back to the ring crew. And um, apparently, you know, Vince McMahon turned around and kind of went, it's not quite what we were looking for, pal. At which point, Brock went, yeah, I'd call... Lesnar, I'd call uh, Heyman, <laughs> and, and that was it. That was just like, okay, right. It would, it, he's he's just not going to be able to do that bit. That's that's the bit too much. He's better he if he's could, got a mouthpiece. Let's get someone in. He could cut promos like before before his UFC stint. He was all right. He can't he cut. Just kind PG of went to UFC and then he just seems to have lost his promo skills. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he can cut PG promos. Because if you look at him with Daniel Cormier the other day, you know it was it was a fine thing that he you know to to hyper match. Um, there's only so much you can get out of "I'm coming for you, motherfucker" um, yeah. on a PG show. Speaking of PG shows, Sabu's just debuted against the Tasmania. And did you notice? Um, I loved the way like they brought a table in. Yeah, and Tess kind of. Laid on the table, Sabu went to the top rope, and Taz, Taz's the table couldn't take Taz's weight without Sabu jumping on him. To be fair to the Tasmaniac, the table was was rigged badly and broke. That's yeah. You know, that's, let's not put dispersions on on oh. Tasmaniac dieting styles. Um, you know what? I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a really entertaining. It must have just absolutely blew people's mind. Um, there was a lot of botched spots on it, though. But it kind of yeah. added to it, I felt. Yeah. It felt, I mean, it, was, it felt just sloppy and raw and just... Messy. Yeah. It, it was. And it works a... more for Sabu to like Mr. Spots, because obviously he's just some wrecking machine. It doesn't, And obviously it helped at the end of the match him just pointlessly kept jumping on a table, like... Um, I did notice, like, I don't know if it's the Sabu trait. Again, I'm not very, um, like, big on ECW. The scars on the guy's, like, body. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm all from... I'm guessing that's just through wrestling matches. Yeah, that's all from barbed wire matches in Japan. Yeah, wait till we get to Born to be Wired. And... Yeah, wait till, yeah, wait till we get to right. Born to be Wired. That would um, educate you. The, the whole crowd just looks like, what the hell are we watching? And it's like, yeah, sure. this hey, is it. We're here. Just petrified every time he stepped anywhere near them just yeah. imagine the ticket yeah. office going do you want to come in and go yeah go be careful it's not for everybody and they go oh. and there it was <laughs> this is they warned them they changed the change um so sabu won then proceeded to uh moonsault the table this is this is the thing they got him to do for a while a lot. Yeah, yeah it was, it was a whole thing he used to do early on to get himself over his well, I'd say get himself over. He's crazy. It's just, but it looks awesome. So he's arrived. I'm excited. And um, after the adrenaline from that, what better way to bring everyone down than a rock and rebel promo? <laughs> just to get your adrenaline back down. Yeah. Tell me a lie. <laughs> and to also, get the, it was it was pretty forgetful. The promo, in all honesty. Yep. Um, and so, after that, like, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, after that, old um, Sandman came out. There you go. You've got, to get the, got to pick the crowd back up. Yeah, he's he probably the... sitting there itching for a bit to evolve so he can get involved with um, Sabu. But at the moment, he's still just a surfer against the um, Metal Maniac. Well, I think he can, he can um, probably sympathise with old Sal because, you know, obviously Sandman and Rebel had that huge feud, including... Rebel blinding Sandman's wife, Miss Peaches, to which Sandman had this huge kind of revenge. Oh, no, he did nothing. They moved on. Yeah. 
she might have said leave it. Might be I don't a... see the point of continuing. Oh. I just, I just think Sam matches just look so rubbish. And the fact that they yeah. keep building him up as a former world champion, it's like... Future oh. world champion, son. As oh, a surfer. Again. Yeah, of course. Oh, God. Oh, you, you have no idea. He he is going to be one of the most beloved characters I, on I, this show. I feel like in about 100 episodes time, we could play back these sound bites from you and you'll just be like, oh, I don't remember saying I look forward that. to that day. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, speaking of the crazy surfer, man, you got some major rare at the end with that clothesline off the top rope. The hang ten. <laughs> yeah, it's like a harpoon getting thrown at the man. Middle main eight didn't stand a chance. Long out. Could damn yeah. it take his head off. Uh, but yeah, Sandman picks up the victory with clothesline off the top rope. We then cut to one of their new style promos with a slight dig at WWE's cartoonish wrestling that was going on at the time. Yep. And I thought it was funny the first time. After seeing it about another six times, I felt like I was over this promo, but. Oh, yeah, I did like the voice like he was putting on. At this exact second, I thought it was cool. So, Griff, what was the impression he was doing? <laughs> Can't what he said, but it was kind of like, <laughs> give me something to say and I'll do it in the voice he was doing. Uh, hey, Rocky, what are you doing? Hey, Rocky, how are you doing? <laughs> That's very good. He said no cartoon. <laughs> Even what he said didn't even make sense. So, um, he was doing an impression of Bullwinkle from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, oh I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, I mean, America, obviously, it's a huge cartoon. It's been, you know, generational over there. Uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And Moose and his squirrel pal. Oh. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was Bullwinkle, which is why it was, you know, this is no cartoon, because that's... Uh, a, a kid's cutting. Oh, well, I don't know if I even get the reference at all then. Maybe I just went into my own world and assumed it was saying it wasn't. Speaking of my own world, main event time. Ding, ding. Terry Funk versus Jimmy Superfly Snooker in a steel cage for the TV title. Oh, this all defending undefeated TV champion. Funk's in trouble. It's, it's got to be the most ropiest cage I think I've ever seen. As in, it's made out of rope. I'd be scared. I'd be scared even to like <laughs> be thrown into it. You'd have to be funking mad to get involved in that. Funking mad. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, as, as dangerous as this match is, you've got to fear that the biggest danger is trying to climb this shoddy ass cage. Yeah. Just, just really shoddy every time. Like, yeah. They didn't even like lock lock the door. They just closed it. I'm sure you could just get thrown into it and by accident go through the door. Yeah, I mean it was it was all right. They, they made the best of um, bad situation, I guess. The match ticked on. It wasn't. I feel like they peaked with um, Sabu, and to, I've been happier. I guess it's a title match, and you got to have this as a main event. But um, Sabu and Tasmania was the real main event. Um, yeah, I'd agree with it. Like I said, after that, you just kind of just... Everything that happens afterwards, you're still just thinking about that. And I think because it's a cage match, I just thought this was going to be pretty hardcore. Um, apart from a few, like, faces, like, raked across the, the, the cage, like, it just never kind of was what I wanted it to be. I'm sure there'll be cage matches in future Yeah. when we're a proper lad of extreme that are absolutely insane. But um, this didn't really have to be in a cage, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, it ended up with um, Terry Funk picking up the win and becoming the new TV champion. Did indeed. I made a few weak positives. I thought oh. weak positives, I thought better commentary, better matches, um, better lighting in the arena. And um, yep. a little personal touch that I liked all the photographers around the ring. Yeah. I thought that was good. 
Yeah, which has played into the ending of the match with uh, Terry Funk going crazy after winning, yeah. uh, throwing chairs around, wrecking the place and pushing over photographers. Imagine if this was after the Sabu one, like, so the Sabu wrecks everything, you put everything down and Terry Funk goes mental and wrecks everything. You're just like, fucking hell, I'm just trying to see how much a wrestling show. <laughs> you fucking wrecking this damn arena. Then you had a real humble um, Terry Funk kind of sat down with Jerry Styles being like, this means a lot to me. How, that, how did you. that sound, Jay? Let Jay... <laughs> um... I just want to thank the fans who stayed with us. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a weird promo. At no point did he just turn around and go, Your mother's a whore. Which is all we were waiting for, really. I need to know any clarity. Any... <laughs> what, about the status of his mother? Yeah. Or, um, or whoever's I mean, I, mother. I, I, whoever's in I front have of it him. On, on good authority that whoever's mother it is, she is, in fact, a whore. Funk knows, to be honest. Um, then you got Paul, ha- Paul Heyman trying to get into um, oh, Superfly's room. He just doesn't want to talk right now. Just impression. slams the door. <laughs> and then what I thought was the weirdest segment was Joey Styles outside Terry Funk's room. Like, outside his dressing room. But people seem to be celebrating outside, throwing things at him. The wild party to celebrate, the biggest party, the biggest celebration, which involved one person continually going, woo! And He's then not throw, in the room. No, and then throwing <laughs> straws and ripped up paper towels yep. onto Joey Styles. This party's extreme. <laughs> oh, and then someone poured beer on him, didn't they? Yeah. So go in. Just... Sorry, go on. Go on. That's all right. And I was just going to say, it would have worked better if you actually walked in the room and I was expecting, like, I don't know, loads of people to be, like, celebrating. But you never got in the room and people were just outside celebrating. It's just really weird. I bet the Tasmaniac was in there. Probably. He knows how to throw a party. Um, yeah, going back to Griff's thing about the original ECW influencing everything. I think we spoke about Brock Lesnar earlier on, and I think he got his gimmick about being a champion and never being on TV from the original ECW, because where is Shane Douglas? <laughs> He's a-coming. Um, he won but, the belt. Uh, we haven't seen him yet since he's won the belt. So, And we'll talk a little bit more about Shane Douglas in a minute. I will. We, um, we will. Um, but uh, one championship that was referenced by Joey Styles on the way out of, of this episode was the ECW Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Who you will remember after the tournament were... Um, Eddie What's Gilbert and name, um... Dark Patriot, wasn't it? Yep, and then he sodded off. So uh, apparently it's Hot Body and Stetson. Oh. Sorry, Hot Body and... Hitman. We'll edit that. We'll edit that, the, the, the delay there. That's fine. I like it. I think I missed my. I missed my. <laughs> missed your one moment. Um, is Hitman a double champion then? Uh, I don't know because I don't he... know if they're recognising the Pennsylvania State now that they're part of the NWA. But he is. The hell would recognise the Pennsylvania State? The legacy. They're in a national wrestle alliance now. They don't care about these rinky dink titles. I want a regular no, no, title. None of your regional crap. We're national now. Good lord, man. Um, take us to week 27. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Start off with a crazy six-man match. I love this. I love that the, now the, the, the um, shows are actually straight away getting into wrestling. I know I brought it up like yeah. beginning of the episode. For I bring last it up one, every but... episode. It's so much better than seeing someone sat in a studio promoting some like pay per view we're never going to watch because of shoddy footage on YouTube. So, um, yeah. I don't think that was the intention like... at the time, but I understand your point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good they, to see JT they were doing Smith a in good the job trying to build up for those pay per views. It's not their fault they couldn't even get the dates right. I would have watched it if it was on the 18th. I know, uh, I had something else on. Just I was ready. Um, yes, yeah, so six man. Good to the um, JT Smith in the mix. 
Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the... Yeah, go on. Has anyone got a rundown of the teams? Uh, yeah, so it was JT Smith, yep. Terry Funk, and... Um, Kevin Sullivan? Abdul, no, Abbey. Oh, Abbey's okay. the, the, the baby face Go now. Um, versus Jimmy Snooker, Don Morocco, and Kevin Smut Sullivan. Yep. And yep. the reason why, as as uh, Paulie Dangerously told us in the last episode, the reason why they're not, not, not the Dangerous Alliance and he's not out there in ringside is because um, they're moving over to the NWA. They've all had to resubmit their paperwork and he's not got his management license yet so he can't be ringside with them which is why he's on color commentary which is clever so good on commentary yeah it was something that they didn't have to bring up why aren't you with him i thought he was part of your dangerous lines well um jt smith with a brand new jacket yep yep there's jazzy on the back found in the box of um costumes by the walkway and it's good. To, well, people can get to it now that Sal, God rest his soul, is is not there. Um, and um, is, is JT Smith sneeze better? Yeah, not completely better. They did mention like it's still a little bit. It's taped up. It is. Up. It is. Um, but his his knee is is better. Uh, later on, when he does an interview with. The Sandman, because they're attacked him going for with a tag team title shot. Uh, he's on crack again. Yeah, but uh, in this match, his knee's better. And did you know that J.T. Smith is the protege of Terry Funk? Of course, I knew. No, not really. is it because they told you four times during the fucking match <laughs> that he's Terry Funk's protege? Just a tad. That is important. I want to be the protege of Terry Funk. I don't. Um, yeah, so the most important thing, the most impressive thing, is that um, old JT Smith picked up a win here. He got to do the pin, didn't he? Yeah, which I thought was really impressive. On the former champion. Yep. So that, that's pretty big, in my opinion. Yep. Because he's well in the mix now. Both your boys and you then picked who, out are really going for it. Absolutely. Then who, who makes his debut? Well, interestingly, after the after being told four times that JT Smith is the protege of Terry Funk, yep. the next segment is the man who will actually become the bona fide protege of Terry Funk. A very suave dressed Tommy Dreamer. Is getting ready for his debut next week against the Tasmaniac. So um, that's happening. So Tommy Dreamer's first appearance. Um, Again, like everyone else, slightly different to what we'd later know him as. But um, yeah, it's exciting. Tommy Dreamer versus Tasmaniac next week. Could almost say glorious Tommy Dreamer. (laughs) He's close to glorious then, innovator of violence. Very much so. Um, we cut to highlights of Sabu's crazy debut from last week. And, um, yeah. yeah, then leads to Todd Gordon. Again, amazing match. Everyone loved it. So what are we going to do? We're going to try and ban him because he's crazy. Yeah, so Todd Gordon starts this by saying that, you know, we all know that Eastern Championship Wrestling is the ultimate hardcore promotion in the United States. Which is odd because, you know, it will be, but that's the first time that's kind of stated, which is bizarre. Um, but because of his actions, the, the National Wrestling Alliance have banned Sabu from the TV. They are not allowed to show him on TV. He is allowed to wrestle in the arena. He will not be seen on TV. Yeah. Now, I have one problem with this and one thing where I think it's genius. The genius is... If that's a television show and you've just shown again Sabu, which is my problem, you're telling me that he's banned from TV after you've just shown me the highlights of him being on TV again. But if you've just shown all of that, shown the craziness, and then you are sitting there saying he will be at the arena, but he will not be shown on TV, your ticket sales are going to go up because everyone's going to go, you mean if I want to see this guy, I actually have to buy a ticket and turn up. That's genius. 
Never thought of it like that. That's why Todd Gordon's the man that he is, Griff, and you're there. Yeah. And that's <laughs> a level of genius that Todd Gordon actually doesn't have because, spoilers, Sabu's on TV next week. Oh, maybe you're not so bad, Griff. I'll take your bet. Cheers, mate. It's all right, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Paulie dangerously comes out and says, like, he's going to get... No, sorry, Hunter Q. Robbins comes out with a problem with it at first. Yeah. With and his accent Paulie... again. Yeah. Yeah, his accent. Then Paulie dangerously comes out and mentions um, he's got a lawyer. And then they go off somewhere. I mean, maybe I'm being too harsh on the Hunter Q. Robbins accent. Maybe it's not an accent. It's just that the microphones backstage make him sound completely differently. Maybe it's an acoustics thing. Could be. Maybe. Could be. Uh, I'm just trying to think here. So we cut to the ring and we're doing a women's match. Yeah, Molly McShane versus Malia Hosaka. And this match is where I had the issue with the commentators. Oh, really? Is this where you heard it, Jay? No. This is where I heard what I felt was one of the biggest lines I'd heard on this show. This is um, because Jerry Styles wasn't commentating, nor was Paulie Dangerously. Who's the other guy? Six-pack Jay Sully. No, it wasn't wasn't Jay Sully. Matty in the house? Matty in the house, I don't know. But basically, he's commentating this whole match to himself obviously he says where's Paul is he dangerously because obviously we've just seen a clip and he's gone off with Hunter Q Robbins um, but even like at one point says like oh this is crazy Joey and Joey never talks because I don't think he's even there so, I thought it was I Joey doing the commentary but... I thought it was Joey doing oh, the commentary I'm almost certain it's not even on my notes it's... I put about Joey doing the commentary I've obviously like, made a massive cock up. But no, he can't talk to himself. He I don't know. I don't why, why can't he talk to himself? I suppose he can. No, he refers to himself. There's no one else there. The Rock made a lot of money doing that. He refers to himself. I just thought it wasn't him. Okay. Well, I thought, I'm going to give Jerry credit for the line because I thought it was him. There was a bit during this match where he said, the NWA is giving you some non-stop action. Oh, which I thought, again, I'm going somewhere with this for Griff's thing, seeing into the future. I thought, wow, this is like years before NWA TNA uh, started. And to yeah. be honest, it was light years before the women's revolution, but yep. was a strong work-based women's match. Yep. It wasn't, you know, the other non-stop action part of just TNA. Um yeah, it was a it was a a good, solid match. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't amazing. It wasn't blow your blow you away, but it wasn't a bad match. I just did think uh, it, it was a solid match. Don't get me wrong, and it was out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know. If it, is there a women's division no. in the ECW? Is there ever a no. women's belt? No. It just felt these two women were like, I don't know. They're just different. Where's NWA? In I guess. I guess, because there's no gimmick, which is not good. It was, as I say, light years ahead. It was solid, just I just didn't know what they were fighting for. And um, what I noticed was, did anyone notice the finish to this match? I did. I believe it was a front flip. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, everyone's finish was a moonsault, and now everyone seems to be doing the front flip. Yep. I mean, I'm surprised with um, Public Enemy they let them use the same finish, but I guess no one's really speaking like that out of the back. Um, but more importantly, the nasty... I mean, the the bad breed have arrived. <laughs> I thought... Thank you, thank you. Because I saw it, and all I thought was nasty boys. <laughs> um, yeah, the rotten boys, the bad breed are here. Taking nothing away from a great team, big... Whenever I see Axel Rotten, I always think of, I don't know which ECW pay-per-view it is, years in the future, where he just sort of sits there and goes, we love you, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. He's just saying Daddy all the time. Uh, you'll find it eventually, but it's just, it's, it stayed with me. Just not that sure of Yeah, I, I, I want to say it's kind of 99, 2000, somewhere around there. We're coming for you, Daddy. We're coming for you. But, um, yeah, so... 
that's happened. Bad Breed have arrived, very intense, looked like the nasty boys, got in the ring, a um, little less nasty. I was expecting a squash match, I don't know why. I just thought, they've introduced these guys, I don't know who the other two are, this would be a squash match. Well, And it couldn't be anything different. Yeah, you know one of them. Do I? Pat Tanaka. Do you not remember a little tag team in the WWE called the Orient Express? Oh, shit, yeah. Pat Tanaka. Um, you know both of them. Because you know the the other uh, Asian guy under the mask? Uh, Kato, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, Diamond. That's, that's Diamond. Bad <sighs> company were Orient Express. In The reason it was under the mask... It's because he wasn't—he wasn't Asian. He wasn't Oriental at all. So they put him in a mask and pretended. Oh. That is the Oriental Express from the WWE. Oh, WWE. Wow. Said my mind blown. This is unbelievable. No wonder they're hustling everyone. And they hustled. Um, they the, called again. The bad breed. They hustled the bad company. Bad breed, wasn't it? Bad breed, yeah. Yeah, so you've got the bad breed on one side and the bad company on the other. And if I remember my GCSE maths, that means the bad's cancelled out. So it's actually just breed versus company. <laughs> well, I've made little notes saying we've gone from everyone being called super to now everyone's bad. Obviously, to go with extreme, I guess. So we had super destroyers, super ninjas, super everyone. Now everyone's bad. So hopefully we get a bad yeah. ninja. That's what I'm aiming for. Super bad ninja. Super bad ninja. So the the reason why they can't they were referred to as bad company but not billed as bad company is because they at this point were bad company which spelled B A Double D company. Um, and that's because there was a slight issue in the sense that they were claiming that they weren't in any way, shape or form ripping off the name of the band Bad Company. Uh, who spelt bad with one D, what made their defence a little bit more difficult was their entrance theme at the time was Bad Company by Bad Company. Uh. I assumed it was because they turned up with cakes and the ring announcer and that refused to acknowledge them because they'd been Pleasant Company all day. <laughs> and he'd refused to turn around and be like, you're not Bad Company, you're actually great guys. Why are you so hard on yourself? Yeah, you hey. just misunderstood. Hey. Why are they not called the Bad Company Express? <laughs> just a bit slow, aren't they? Oh, anyway, they won. So, uh, shockingly, I, I guess I don't know. It was so I was expecting Bad Company to win because the match they're building to is Public Enemy Bad Company. Yeah, but. Yeah. And it's funny because I know the bad breed have a role in ECW going forward. Um, but yeah, I was expecting this to be far more of a squash match than it was. I, I, it was a competitive match. Yeah, no, it's a good match. Pretty decent. And um, now they're on the Express, so I'm, I'm more excited. I was happy just to see Pat Tanaka, but now I know it's, it's both. That's pretty cool. Um, so they win, and whenever we go to more their future opponents, public enemy, who are, quote-unquote, back in the hood. Back in the hood. They are back in the hood. Attacking... I, love, I love the fact that... Go on. I was say, they're attacking everyone, verbally. Really are. I just love their segments. But at the end of the... I love the way they say, obviously, they're fighting them next week. And obviously, I don't know if you guys know, it's at the end of the episode... They make it like we want to be so excited. For next week, like yeah, we found. I don't know. I just lost you, or what? Happened? Did you see that? Yeah, start you were... like next week. Oh, oh, we've got Public Enemy versus. It was like like it was a grand like unveil, but like they've just shown us footage and showed us that's what's happening next week. Yeah, must be just me again. Maybe I'm watching a different show. Maybe we are. Who's announcing that one? What? Who's the commentator? <laughs> is is Sal still injured in that one? Because no, I might I might want to turn Sal's over and get a special guest referee. 
I think you're still just watching the first episode on loop because you don't want it to be over. Tell me a <laughs> lie. I don't. I don't. Um, what, what I love about the, bad, uh, the um, public enemy promos is what is apparent in all of them is they've come up with one thing that they think is a killer line and everything they're doing is trying to build to get this one line in. So they've worked out at some point, Johnny Grunge is going to sit on those bins and say the line about taking out the trash. And you can see as they get there and they realise they're actually going to get it in, he jumps up and he's so excited, bless him, that he's going to get the final line on this promo and it's the killer line that he came up with. So, uh, yeah, so they're, they're taking out the trash. Taking out the whole they division. They both ended up saying it. <laughs> so it was out. a good line. You don't want to hold one of those things up. But, you know, why? how'd you get to pick from two partners, two brothers that's, like that? That's, um... But like you said, he was going to have the killer line. It was all set up for him to say at the end. Yeah, but, but he got to sit on the bin. He got to sit on the bin. He got to be the one who punctuated the line about rubbish by sitting on a rubbish bin. I felt like they both had to say it. that the was trash a, um, sitting on it. That's a Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty moment. If he'd stolen the line... Keep on rolling. Spoiler. Is that a spoiler? No. Well, I've now spoiled it that it's not a spoiler. So that's sort of a spoiler in itself, right? Well, the, that Shawn Michaels doesn't come to ECW. Is that doesn't a spoiler? he? Doesn't he? No. Maybe they have no, to go to him then. Maybe, but Ooh. no. We've got the Rock and Rebel. We don't need Shawn Michaels. Oh, we have got the Rock and Rebel. He's out the back with Joey Styles laughing about how he attacked Sal. Nah. <laughs> what an arsehole. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. I'm just not interested in most of this. Um, and Sal has a match. Uh, Rock and Rebel. We we can only dream that Sal has a match. Yeah, sorry. Rock and Rock, Rebel has a match. Rock and Rebel has a match. He brawls again. Might, um, oh, I don't know. Osborne. Dangerous Donny Allen. Is he dangerous and do though? You know, and do you know who Dangerous Donny Allen was just a few weeks ago? Papa Shango. What? A, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was one of the super destroyers, wasn't he? <laughs> he's looked for foot nothing. Um, uh, <laughs> he was his last competitive match in Eastern Championship Wrestling would have been in the uh, intergender um, battle royal for five thousand dollars. Oh, he was uh, the referee who cost Terry Funk the King of Philadelphia match. He was Freddie Gilbert. Yeah. Oh. oh, wow. I don't think I and... could be more disappointed with a reveal. <laughs> hey, I gave you the Orient Express. You can't have everything. Yeah, but that was it, wasn't it? That's like putting Tasmania Xabu on so early in the show. Yeah, that was... Oh, good for him. Yeah, I miss it already. I miss it already. Well, that match. <laughs> yeah. You see plenty of them in the years. Um, yeah, so Rebel beats him up, and then Michaels comes out. Not sure Michaels, Griff. Oh, what? I know. And, um, yeah, he beats him up as well. Yep. And it looks cartoon advert. Yeah, and then it looks as if they're going to, to break, and we're not going to see. But who steps in to save the day? Joey Styles. No. No. Um, I don't know. Say, Matty in the house. Did he? Matty in the house stepped in. Oh, yeah, sorry. And... I've got it all wrong because they have the match afterwards. They brawl afterwards. Well, this is the thing. He explains that, you know, they want to. They went on to have a match and uh, they want to show you that match next week. But he wants to show it to us this week. That's it. But the bad tape. They have the videotape. But the good news is he has the remote control. I don't oh, know. I see what he does there. It's because he was like all like bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Maddie in the house. Every motherfucker in the room. Maddie in the room. I love Matty in the house. 
He's he he's like my version of that um cat that was in the Paul Abdul video. Where you just thought that's a, that's a cool fucking cat. It's not for everyone, but he's a cool cat. That's how I feel like Matt in the house. I thought he's not for everyone. It's but... cool for cats. Cool for cats. Did you two check out the the Twitter address I sent you earlier today? No, but I guess it's for Matt in the house. Uh, so at Matt. Dimat M A T T D E M A T T on Twitter is uh, the former Matty in the house. Oh, expect oh, your I numbers to go up this oh. week, baby. I blocked Matt him. I just thought it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Matty is not coming to your house. <laughs> oh, bless him. He is. Um, Pizzeria owner. He is an actor. He's a producer. He had a role in Leon with. Um, uh, I did look at that. I was like, "What?" Knew it. He was the little uh, girl. That was crazy. He's been uh, an actor and producer in one of, in a, a recent film. Um, and Star in Wars. His tweets. He also does talk about. Um, you know, being Matty in the house. So he is there. I reckon if I sent him a message saying, oh my God, Matty Griff's in the cunt. fucking oh. house. <laughs> hashtag Griff's a cunt. He would, he would respond. <laughs> I mean, he did retweet one of his old, re- he doesn't use it very often. One of his old retweets was Matty in the house. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, so yeah, there's a chance. I want to do this. I'm having this next week. Stay tuned, Matt in the house. I will communicate with this guy. Matt to Matt. Well, you we need to tell us next week. Done. We this is, this is a, a, a plug from a place of love because, as you would have heard from these episodes, Paul is a big fan of Matty in the house. Arguably um, your biggest fan, to be honest, mate. <laughs> in, in 2018, I think that's probably a fair bet. Yeah. Um, I, I I I do feel I need to do a bit of a spoilers here. Because looking Matt the Matt up on IMDb, IMDb because he does have his own IMDb page with his credits on, um, it does reference ECW Hardcore TV. Oh, but it does say he's only in fourteen episodes. Look, IMDb is not always true, you know. You can cry because it's gone, or you can smile because it happened. All right, that's where I'm at with this. Interesting story, and it's wrestling related for IMDb. Glow season one. He said the manager, like the owner of the thing, was only going to be in one episode. He was in every bloody episode. IMDb ain't always right, my friend. There you go. Boom. Matt in the house. Forever. We are choosing not to believe it. Matt, are you are not leaving us. Do not leave and the show. If you, already if you done. ever do, we know episode 23 onwards is when we get to share. The house with Matty. And we know Whose house? Matty's house. Matty's house. <laughs> <laughs> Whose house? I mean, no, no, no. He was never bragging like that. He was never braggadocious like that. He never claimed it was his house. Braggadocious? He just... <laughs> yeah. I thought dinosaurs went in stick years ago. Why are we braggadocious? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not upset with my dinosaur joke. Supercalifragilistic, <laughs> extremely braggadocious. Um, he never claimed it was his house. He just very politely announced his presence in the house. Didn't want it to be a surprise. Didn't want you to forget he was there. Turn on the lights, suddenly he's there. Told you he was in the house. That's all he did. Is that kid? It influenced WWE in your house. ECW stealing everything. <laughs> I think we're reaching out, aren't we? <laughs> I actually brought up a really good example with the NWA nonstop. That was really good. Oh, thank you. Um, anyway, he press he lets us watch the match. He presses play, so we get to see another <sighs> Rebel match. Exactly. I don't know if I can forgive him for letting me watch the match. So we had a Rebel promo, Rebel match, Matt in the house, then another Rebel match against Michaels. It's a crazy brawl. Um, Rebel wins. Simple. Of course he does. And the next bit um, confused me a little bit because... The hero from the show opener, I think he was back on crutches. Yeah. As we cut to the yep. back, we've got Sandman and JT Smith, Bebe, um, talking, but he's on crutches, even though he competed earlier on the match. So, 
So just to loop back very quickly, um, the pro and, and I say you know annoyed with commentary very very loosely here, but uh, Paulie and Joey arguing amongst themselves whilst the Rebel Chris Michaels promo was going on made it really difficult to hear anyone talking about anything. Yeah. It get, they kept on hear... wanting to know what was going on. Where's, where's he been? Where's he been? Yeah. And uh, that meant that you couldn't hear what was going on with Chris Michaels and how that turn happened. Um, so, yeah, it was just a very weird kind of, we've got a guy talking in the ring, but we're going to continue to chat thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, it didn't really draw the attention to like what we were watching. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at my notes quickly. So yes, they did their promo. Um, that was it, and a bit of a show recap really to end it all. So, where did you listen to the Joey Styles, Paul Heyman, put sorry, Paulie Dangerously bit at the end of this show? Yeah, I thought it was one of the best um, promo segments. Like, you know, yeah, I thought so Paul Paulie Dangerously nailed it. Incredible. He did a really, really good job uh, explaining why he wasn't going to be part of the color commentary team anymore because he's now got a new Dangerous Alliance that he'll be introducing next week. Don't um, spoil it for me. I, w I can't wait to know who it is, so don't tell me. I think the, Well, he, the, he, he told you one member. The biggest thing that came out of this was the name change. Where Shane Douglas was referred to as the fucking franchise. And that's the note that's in, and that's why I wanted to make sure we didn't cut over it, because, yes, he is the franchise, Shane Douglas. Yep. And um, this is where it all begins. This is where it begins. So that, that to me, is so, is so weird. That, to me, felt like... Um, an after credit scene in a Marvel film where they drop something that you know yeah. is like massive. It, to me, that was just like, when he referred to it as the franchise, I was just like, oh shit. It's getting real. I mean, that's, that's, that's bigger than Captain Marvel showing up on a pager. What is? It is. Oh, so yeah, what a way to end it. How do we all find that show? How do we find these shows? made a hell of a lot better probably the favorite the episode before probably my favorite episode i've seen um so far it had everything the commentary was right sabu tasmania match was right kicked off with with a match um yeah episode 26 has is my um highlight so far i um, agreed I, I, it's incredible that over the space of four episodes, really, um, we've seen this sudden shift into the ECW that we know. So within four episodes, we've got Joey Styles, we've got Public Enemy, we've got Sabu, we've got the man that will be Taz, yeah, we've got um, Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer. We've got um, uh, Axel Rotten. We've got um, Jason uh, a couple of weeks ago. We've got uh, Shane Douglas now as not only the ECW heavyweight champion, but the franchise. Um, it's suddenly just become pretty much all of the people I associate with EC Sandman's still there. Yeah. We're you know, the Dudley I mean, Boys, like yeah. Dudley Boys and Raven are the only ones out of my alumni of, of ECW really. Oh no V D. Yeah. Um so out of out of my my who's who of ECW, my 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 dream eleven of ECW or whatever, my dream pick of ECW. Whoa, save it for four oh one. We'll get to that. Yeah, four hundred one is going to be. If we're still doing them twenty five at a time, though, four hundred one is going to be quite a different, uh, different uh, Rushmore to the 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 peak ECW. Yeah, massively. Uh, but but 
yeah, it's just it's suddenly the names who are ECW. Oh, and New Jack, I suppose as well. The the gangsters need to come in as well. Um, the 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 line of ECW action figures. Yeah. The one line of ECW, or was it two series of ECW? Might have been two. Well, two uh, but the first couple was about three, I think. But the first ones released, you know, pretty much all of them are are, are currently on our TV show, on our TV screen here, albeit maybe not quite in their optimum form. Yeah, it's just exciting, really, isn't it? It's just, um, it's just exciting. It's happening, so I'm looking forward to it. Everyone should be That's looking nice. forward to it. Make sure you go to the network and um, watch this. We'll probably do two episodes again next week. Two episodes seems to be a good amount because um, they're a lot more watchable now and more things to talk about as the storylines sort of progress. So next week we're going to find out the new Dangerous Alliance, obviously the franchise, Shane Douglas, probably more from The Public Enemy, um, Taz, Maniac, Tommy Dreamer debut, Sabu's back, um, it's big. Terry Funk's the new TV champ. Oh, it's just so much. Make sure you like and subscribe, share, follow us, at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter. We have links, we've even got cool t-shirts now over on Zazzle, so go check out Sports Arena on there. So, um, If you really good. ever did believe that we would fucking get there, you can get a t-shirt that says it. You can, show your pride. <laughs> show your pride. And don't forget to follow at Matt Demat on Twitter. M A T T D E M A T. Go show that Matty, we're in the house for you too. And that's what it's all about. So Matt in the it's house, but unfortunately we're leaving the house. So thank you and see you all next week. Bye. Come back, Bye. Sal. Bye.